is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. This is season four, episode two. And if this is your first time listening to Girls Gone Boss, welcome. I'm Alex and I'm here with Gabby Ortega. We are super excited to kick off the new year. So be sure to subscribe, comment, follow us on all social media platforms at Girls Gone Boss. And today we have an incredibly special episode with someone that Gabby and I have looked up to for probably the past 15 years of our career. We have with us today Jose Dillan, who is an award-winning, multifaceted, and multicultural music executive with over 25 years of experience in television and in the music industry. Jose was a former executive at MTV3, Viacom's U.S. Hispanic Entertainment Cable Network, and also held numerous roles leading various teams for MTV and VH1 in Latin America. Jose was instrumental in launching the MTV Latin America Video Music Awards in 2001 and also executive produced some of the most memorable MTV unplugs for Latin artists like Ricky Martin, Julieta Venegas, and Juanes, garnering him three Latin Grammys for his production work. Most recently, he has been executive producer of the Latin Grammys and in 2019 won an Emmy for his show Premios Juventud, Premio Lo Nuestro, and many more. Hi, Jose. So hey. exciting. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. That's an amazing bio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to have you on the podcast. Alex and I have mentioned you throughout so many episodes. We really wanted to honor you as one of our mentors and guides along our journey in our career. And your example has really honestly been such so very monumental and inspirational to us um and we just wanted to give you and and all of our listeners access to like your knowledge and all of your gems because you're definitely a powerhouse in your own right and a male perspective on the show we've only had one other so you are the second male on the show so congrats to that thank you thank you and and it's really i'm really happy to be with you guys Uh, you know it's been a long journey with you guys and you guys are fantastic so thank you for having me was it a kind of was it kind of like a shocker when gabby contacted you and asked you to come on the podcast because little did you know, we've been talking about you for over the past four years and you have no idea how much like we've looked up to to you. We literally, we would listen to you in meetings and on phone calls, conference calls, and we would soak in the way that you would act, the way that you would you would just handle business and the way that you would treat other people. And we've taken all those little gems and little did you know that we've applied them into our careers um, mm. over the past 10 years. And so we thank you for that so much. Um, thank you. But I, I'd like to start with you telling us um, your start in the industry so that all of our listeners can kind of get familiar with your trajectory. Well, it's funny because... <clears throat> I never had a plan. I mean, I, I started, in the, I guess, in the industry in eighth grade when I fell in love with music. And um, I went to my first concert, which was The Police at the Sunrise Musical Theater. And then the following week, I bought my first instrument with, you know, with my pals from the time. And we played in bands. Um, and and I, I just love music. So f- from there on, everything that, that I would do was music related. I, you know, I played in bands. 
right after high school, I started working at a record store um, and I just wanted to be with music. And then, uh, you know, I started doing um, some production. Like I was like carrying equipment and being like a roadie for local concerts. And my thing, for some reason, I mean, it, was, it wasn't conscious, but I just wanted to learn anything that I could about the music industry. And, and, and you know, I, I learned how to, you know, set up stages, carry equipment, set up lights, do sound. Um, and then eventually, you know, but my, my whole thing was to play with bands. I wanted to be, to be in a band. I wanted to be a rock star. Um, and when that didn't pan out after like eight or ten years of you know, I was going to school, I studied marketing and business, I was studying music as well. And then it, it, it came a point in time that, you know, we gave it with my band um, and it just, we weren't, you know, we didn't get a record deal, we were doing everything independent. But along the way, you learned. I learned a lot about, I was the, I was the manager of the band, you know, because we didn't have a manager. And then um, at the same time, a, a, a good friend of mine who was, you know, another peer in the music scene here was getting a lot of attention. And he asked me to manage him. And I did. And uh, I went from being a bass player in a band to being the manager of an artist who was signed to Capitol Records and had a, a publishing deal with music and who was signed to CAA. We got him all that. Um, but you learn. And me, management was... You're at the center of the wheel and you deal with everything, touring, publishing, uh, merchandising, records, record contracts, producers. And I learned a lot. Um, and then from there, you know, we were he, he was amazing, but but we never broke through at the level that I was making. Actually, my partner was Jesus Lara um, and and and. Um, we just were not making money. Jesus left a little bit, bef you know, before. Um, and I bumped one day into a person that I had met many years before um, when he used to be a college rep for Columbia Records. And he would come into the record store I worked for to put up posters on the wall. And that person was now at MTV. He was a head of talent. His name was Bruno del Granado. And uh, he asked me what I was doing. And then I said, oh, you know, I'm managing Neil, but I'm not making any money. He's like, oh, I'm leaving MTV. You should, you should uh, go there. I was going on tour to Europe. And I'm like, I don't know anything about TV. Um, we, we did the tour. We came back. Um, and then I'm like, I, I got to get money. I mean, I was like still living with my parents. I was like 28 years old. And I'm like, I was about to move to New York. <clears throat> and um, I called Bruno. He set up an interview. And I went in and I spoke to Tom Hunter, who was the president of the of the network at the time, with uh, uh, Alex Pels, who uh, was the head of uh, production, and Drina Prakash, who's uh, who was the head of production too. And and I got the gig, and I was the I started working at MTV as the head of music and talent. And then from there on, I you know I sort of like grew up the ranks, and then you know I I did different gigs. I you know, and then you saw me, you know, you, I worked with you guys. But I didn't have like a roadmap. I just went with my gut. And, and I think that one of the things that I, I, I tend to think that I just try to do the right thing and things that I believed in. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the relationships that I kept, you know, Bruno, you know, I knew him when he was in college and we just got along fine. And then eventually, um, you know, uh, I met him in a, in a position that, you know, that he was in and, and he trusted in me and he gave me a chance. And then 
it was sort of like keeping doors open um, and not because I needed them in the future, just as the way sort of I'm wired. I love it because just to give our listeners context, um, when he mentions Jesus Lara and Bruno del Granado, these are two amazing, very big executives in the industry right now. And to think that all three of you were like starting together and like trying to figure it out together and now to see where you're at is, is so amazing. Bruno is like an agent for one of the biggest agencies in music. Uh, Jesus is a high executive in radio. So it's, it's just amazing to see how also it's important to have like that network of people that have the same mentality and the same drive, because that's how you start creating opportunities because everybody kind of helps each other out. Yeah. And then that's how you landed in MTV and MTV has been such a big part of all of our lives. Like I think all of us spent most of our career in, in that network and has such a special place in our heart. We met some of the biggest, amazing people that we can call family in the industry. Um, I remember like, I mean, when, when we go through things, there's layoffs. The first person I called was Jose and Jose gave me another job. I remember working for uh, Fiesta Latina, the show, and Jose was so graciously there for me. So MTV has definitely been a family. And I just want you to like, just talk about your, your time at MTV and what was your memorable, most memorable moment there. And we can, and Alex and I, maybe you can talk about some of the moments that we've had with you that yeah. I feel were were really instrumental um, and also showed me the type of leader that you are. Cool. Um, well, at MTV, uh, you know, again, my, my passion has been music. And I always tell people that I, I sort of um, use that as my guiding light, even even as a manager. You know, right now I'm, I'm putting together, it's not a course, but I guess it's going to be like a master class for a, a, another good friend of mine, uh, Michelle Vega who works um, with, you know, a different artists, but, and I'm going to call it the MBA of rock and roll. And it's how playing in a band really had it taught me um, in, a, in a weird way, because I never looked at it until later, but had, had, it, it taught me how to be a leader. And if you think about it, you know, playing a band, um, you have to listen. You, you have to mm -hmm. know when to step in and step back. You have to give people their place. You have to really be a team. And and every instrument falls into place, you, you know. Um, the great bands that I always looked up when I was a little kid, um, each one was very distinctive. And they work together. Um, I mean, if you look at, if you think of U2 and The Clash and The Police, if you take one of the players out, the, ball, the, the, the band falls apart. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, one of the things that I quickly sort of learn, and 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 every time I say it, I'm like, Ugh. I don't say, you know, oh, you work for me, I you work with me, because you know it's it's about that team spirit, and I think that if you were able to create a band spirit in a corporate boardroom, and if, I guess you guys lived it, it feels like you're part of it. Um, I I would always tell my clients when I was managing. It doesn't take you anything to say thank you. You know, when you walk into a venue, you give the guy a T-shirt, at the, you know, the guy who's going to be doing your sound or your lights. And all of a sudden, they're going to give you 150% of their time and their efforts just by being nice and being pleasant and being... And, you know, it's funny. When, when I got the gig at MTV, I went to, I went to the, uh, Bill, the Billboard Music Conference in L.A. And I hadn't... I wasn't officially 
an employee, but they flew me out there with the head of the channel, which is Tom Hunter. And we were in the car and, and he, we went through uh, like, you know, a toll. He was paying the toll assistant. And he was so kind to her. And I'm thinking, man, look at this guy's a president of a network and he's just like a really good human being. And I'm like, you know, you don't need to be sort of like looking down at the person who's maybe making minimum wage, you know? So I always treated everybody, whether it's an intern and you were, you know, you worked with me, um, um, to, to, to the president sort of in the same manner. You know, I mean, a lot of the interns that we had, we, we, we hire them. Um, and because they were great, you know, great people. Um, but learning along the way of, because I always sort of took, you know, I treat people like I want to be treated, uh, whether it's up or down, um, and, and, and being decent and being sort of like, you know, you don't need to be, um, an, uh, a-hole to get, to get ahead in the game. You know, you, you just don't, I mean, and, and, and then at, at the end of the day, um, I, I try to be, um, true to my, to who I was or who I am. Um, I don't know if that answered your question in a very roundabout way. No, it did. And it, it just wanted to also ask you again, if MTV, your most memorable, memorable moment there, I know you were very key in, in launching the Latin, um, VMAs, yeah. which there was never one before. And you yeah. were, you were very much a part of that. Yeah, that was. I mean, la launching the the the, the premiums um, was was really good. I mean, um, it was sort of like the first. Uh, I think launching the the premiums was like a, one of the biggest sort of accomplishments that 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 I had, um, and that I felt really good about. The, and also building up the MTV Unplugs because you know they became this really valuable. Um, a, a, a content piece or franchise for the network, for the artists, for the industry. And, you know, it's funny enough that I still meet people. They're like, oh, man, that Shakira unplugged or the Ricky unplugged or that, that they still love and they listen to. And, and because they were really – and yesterday I had a conversation with a colleague that was not on MTV. He was at a label and he was talking about the unplug. I go, man, we put so much time and effort and we really – it wasn't just do a show. It's really, why are we doing this? What is what is the purpose of the show with the artists? What do we want to get out of it? And it's really trying to um, invest your own time and energy of the channel and into making something that is going to be really, really special, not just one other show. I know. And you, and you created an awesome team too. I think like yeah. um, with Alex, um, I was able to work with you because of a maternity leave. Both Alex and I were kind of like running around the office as interns. And then we became like everyone's assistant. We like yeah. went to everyone's desk, but yeah. that gave us so much valuable like time with executives like yourself. I worked with you. I worked with Michael Dagnari, Jesus Lara, and all these executives that are amazing. They all have different like leadership styles, but from every one of them, you, you find something. And I recall there was like a moment where I would sit outside of your office and you could hear me because I'm, t I tend to be a little bit loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never forget that you sent me 
I wasn't really working with you. I think maybe I was directly, but I'm not sure. But I was sitting around your office and I was on the phone talking. I was already in the music and talent team. And you sent me a, such a really amazing email. You were like, Gabby, I'm listening to you talking to the managers and, and people and you're doing such an amazing job. And I was like, oh, my God, he's listening to me. <laughs> And I just, it really put it into perspective how like you just never know who is watching or, or who's listening to you and that you should just really conduct yourself in how, in like a professional manner and do your job always, whether or not you think somebody is watching you. Yeah. And so I thank you for giving me that positive mm. reinforcement because I didn't even think that, you know, it does matter to us that are like coming up, you know, to, to get it from someone that is so seasoned and so like in such a high power position it was like such a great moment that i never i even remember saving the email like oh my god that's <laughs> nice. well, do you but, remember no but the thing about it is like you know it, to me i i get also or i you know I, I still do when i work with with you know with other people and um in some of the shows i see young kids who are great you know and um it, it, you know, I, I'm proud of you guys. You know, I'm proud of like the, the, the you know, Michael, uh, Michael Andares, who was my intern. And I remember giving him a stack of papers and say, do this. Uh, and he was like, okay, he had no clue what he was going to do, but he did it, you know, and, and, and Sandra Sampaio, you know, and all these people who were young, but they had the drive and, and they, you, you sort of like feel like an A&R when you find that, person and that person becomes somebody who's really good and you're like you know what you know, you're proud of that you're proud of that you were able to decipher that sort of talent as well you know i love that you said you become an a and r i love yeah. that yeah Be because i feel that that like now like i don't know alex if you feel that way now i'm feeling that way to empower others coming up yeah. just the same way i was empowered so yeah. i think anybody listening and if you're in a leadership position or if you know, you deal with someone that's kind of starting out. I think it's really important to like reinforce those people that you feel have that talent and you can maybe be that person that really catapults them to that next level. And you just never know how far like a positive of affirmation goes, you know, to someone. Yeah. And it obviously helped me a lot from Jose. <laughs> so towards, towards the end of um, your stay at MTV, right before you left, um, I had a moment to speak to you. And I was very nervous about this because I really, really looked up to you. And I don't think you ever really realized how much I did look up to you. So I, I mustered up the courage and trust me. I was very shy back then. I've come a long way. Um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you was, how do you know that you're ready to move on to the next step? Because I was very fearful that everything that I learned at MTV was only going to be applicable to MTV and I wouldn't be good enough anywhere else. Yeah. So I had that question for you. And you told me, you never have all the answers. You never know. So you have to take that leap and you have to continue to learn and you have to, that's how you grow. And that always stuck with me. And that actually gave me a lot of empowerment um, to move forward and try new things, try to push for promotions. Um, even though I thought imposter syndrome, which Gabby and I constantly talk about, I mm. didn't feel that I deserved it because of what was in my head. I was so fearful. But that conversation with you, Jose, literally changed the rest of my career. So thank you so much for that. 
I, I, it, I so appreciate it. And I think about it constantly till this day. And, you know, um, and I'm happy and glad that, that I was able to, to be a grain of uh, sand in your, in your uh, career. Uh, I, I think the fear is so paralyzing. And a lot of times, you know, we, we're our worst own enemies, right? Um, yeah. And 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 a lot of times, you know, you you stay whether it's in a relationship or in a situation or in a career for the wrong reasons, which is like, oh, I'm afraid of what's going to come after. Um, and and you know, it, it, and then you look back, and then you you're miserable. You're like, oh, I should have left, you know. Um, so towards the end of my stay at MTV, the only reason I was staying there was because of the paycheck. And I've never done anything in my life for money, ever, ever, ever. Uh, I still don't. Um, and and I realized when Nico came into our lives that um, that I, I didn't want to be in a situation where I was miserable and I was just staying in because of money. Um, and, you know, and... You know, the, the, it also the company. You know, people change and companies changes and situations changes, and you know, there's a thing in in, in Buddhism called impermanence that nothing stays the same. It's the circle of life. You have a beginning and an end, and then you move to you move on uh, to the next level or to the next uh, situation. Um, and I think a lot of people, myself included, that we sort of get to the point that. It's time to change, but you don't know where to go or you don't know what to do. And I think that um, it's okay, but but it's sort of like break through that fear and, and believe in yourself. And that's so corny and tacky, but it's so true. Like saying, you know what? Look, I'm, I'm, I've been independent for going on eight, eight and a half years. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm super happy being independent. I've gotten some offers from cor- corporations. I'm like... I don't want to do that. I I rather be independent and 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 be in control of my environment. And and if you guys remember also that, you know, it, it gets to a point that sometimes you stray away from your who you are as a core because now you're in a different situation or dealing with different things. And I wasn't dealing with creative anymore, which is what I like, you know. And 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 I was dealing with layoffs and spreadsheets and presentations and politics and blah blah blah. And I wasn't happy. And and I sort of stopped listening to my heart, and I was going with my either my head or or, or with my wallet, um, and and sometimes you need a situation like having a son to change that perspective or to make that call it or you know I don't and the other would be, you know, remember, I had a niece too you know um a, two, a, a month before uh, I, a month after a, a Nico was born, and she was fourteen years old and that sort of put lives in perspective of saying, do you really, you know, um, life is short. Life is, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So um, that sort of gave me the, the, the for or forced me to have that conversation with myself. And then a conversation with Alina, a, a human resource. And, 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 and it was just time. It was time for me and it was time for it to sort of like move on and do something else, you know? But at that time, Jose, did you know what was next or you just no. kind of went with your gut? Oh, wow. No. You know, I went with my gut and, 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 and this is, you know, when I got the gig, can I curse on this show? Yes, of course. Okay. Okay. When I got the gig at MTV on my interview, 
Um, it was with Tom Hunter, who was the president. I had to interview with a lot of people because, you know, the music and talent was a, you know, it was an important gig. And they, you know, you, you didn't want a crook there getting payola or anything like that. So I was like, I was like um, put through the ringers of that interview. And, and Tom asked me, because I knew Tom from like managing Neil and, you know, he loved music. So I would see him in concerts and stuff. And he asked me, Jose, why do you want to work here? He's a he was a president of the network, <clears throat> and I said, Tom, I just want to kick ass and have fun, which is still my lot my motto. I have that on my business card: kick ass and have fun. <clears throat> and then he told me, Well, if you want to do that, you need to have fuck you money. And I was like, Fuck, what's that? He goes, Well, that's the money in the bank, Jose, that you have when you wake up that that one day, and you will wake up that one day sooner or later, and you say, fuck you, I want to leave. And, and it's that sort of cushion, you know, that you have. And, and some people are, it's less, and some people it's more. Um, and, you know, I was a pretty high-paid executive. Um, and it, but, but I had that in my mind, and, and because I didn't do things for money, or, or most of the time I didn't do things for money, and when I did it, I became miserable. I, I I would make a dollar. I would put X, X cents away in the bank. Just you know, I I lived way beyond uh, um, below my means because to me it wasn't that important to drive a fancy Porsche. I used you know money in the bank. Be be wise with your money, and that t- that day came, and so so as far as that, oh shit, what am I gonna do next? I knew that I didn't need to make that decision right away because wow. I, I had that money, you know, um, you had and, the freedom, you had the freedom. And, 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 and it's funny <laughs> that freedom gave me power at MTV to do what I wanted to do, where some of my bosses and some of my colleagues knew that I was there because I wanted to be there. It's just like a relationship if you think about it, you know, like, you know, when you're in a relationship, it should be because you want to be in a relationship, not because you need to be in a relationship. Um, And that sort of freedom gave me the power to do, to push the envelope, to protect my, my, you know, the people that worked in my department. And I would go ball busters and I would say, we need to get money for this. And, 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 And there was a couple of situations where I pushed the envelope hard and I was I was willing to walk, and they knew that. Wow! Um, and, and 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 look, I was good at what I was doing, um, and I had this sort of in my back pocket freedom of of like, you know, I, I, it wasn't like I was going in like doing crazy stuff, but you know, I was a little bit more um, willing to push the envelope than other people that needed the paycheck to pay next next week's uh, rent. I didn't need that, you know. I mean, one of the things that I did, and, and I'm, like, blabbing away, but, you know, in the United States, you have so much, you know, like your rent and, and your... your um, your uh, All the overheads. Yeah, and we kept it lean. My wife was an executive, too, for a while at a, at a record label. We paid our, our house off in four years. That was my thing, you know. If I pay off my house... I always knew, and this is like an advice I give young people, know what you need, not what you want. 
Because if you know what you need, you can say, hey, you know what? I need X amount of dollars to pay for my food, my car, my, my house, and my medical insurance, and whatever. Everything on top is a cherry. And that, and it's funny because I've talked to a lot of high-paying executives that they're, they want to leave, leave and all that. I go, do you know what you're not? Not what you want to make, what you need to make. Most of them, they don't. And that gives you the perspective to make decisions. This and, is full and, on gems, yes. You know, life is like sports, right? I mean, you have a peak in your career. And and if you don't realize that, I mean, and, and like there's the outliers, right? That they, you know, they peak at 70 and that's fine. But most people, um, they have a, you know, a 10, 15, 20 year window and you know, it's very easy to get caught in the, in the, oh, you know, I want this, I want that, you know, I, I was never into cars. You know, I, I have a great studio with equipment that make, that's what made me happy, not driving a Porsche or whatever it is, you know, um, but, but that's sort of like piece of, and it's different for, you know, it, and then the number is different for everybody or but that gave me the freedom to do stuff that I wanted to do. And and I've kept that even after MTV in the independent world. And I've done, you know, good. Um, and and I, I always, I don't drink my own Kool-Aid. Um, and, and um, you know, I, I've won awards and all that. I, you know, the last award that I won was the, was the, the, the Emmy. Um, and it was great. But, you know, that... High after a couple hours is gone, you know, and then you become just like anybody else. You know, you you walk into a room and you're just a human being, and you're gonna uh, have good days and bad days, and you're gonna get hurt, and you're gonna you know hurt. Um, and and you keeping that perspective of life, I think it's also very important because especially in this industry, you can get caught in that web of fantasy. of the hype of the hype. Yes, and then and then also I keep. You know, I, um, I, I think that I'm good and, and I, 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 nobody's perfect, but I think that, again, do to others like you want them to do to you. And I, I'm honest, I'm truthful, I'm, I'm transparent, um, and I can pick up the phone and call a lot of people because the relationship is there, you know? Yeah, I think that's a valuable things that I've also mentioned in the podcast that I've learned from you and from Mark Zimmett, which, by the way, he is our number one fan he listens to every episode oh, good. so shout out Hi, to mark. mark who's listening right now <laughs> well you know mark and i went to high school together yes. that's how i yeah. that's so crazy yeah. i yeah. i yeah. love mark he's another person that i'm always like mark i need your help yeah um and it was how you guys are so transparent. I really take that on as a leader now. Like, I just feel like people want to be told the truth. Nobody Absolutely. wants bullshit. And yeah. that I learned from listening to him on the phone, from listening to you, handling business. And it's so important because I know in this business, there's a lot of fluff and people don't want to quedar mal or whatever. But yeah. there's ways of delivering bad news or, and there's yeah. way of, de of delivering a no. Yeah. So I love that you say that. You know, I, I like to read a lot of, um, you know, I, I used to read a lot more, but, you know, books about, you know, music and the industry and, and, and biographies of artists and all that. And, you know, one quote that always stuck to me, you know, when, you know, especially when you're like a struggling band, but it applies. It's sort of like that MBA of rock and roll. 
and no a lot of times means not now and you know if you get crushed by the nose uh it's hard so you have to sort of like pick up and keep going and i know means not now a lot of times you know so put that in perspective too because you know a lot of people maybe the market is not ready or or it, you, the the money's not there but don't give up just because somebody told you no you know um because otherwise like you know many things could you know we wouldn't have internet or wi-fi or whatever or you know um because those were crazy ideas you know i mean my son is so much into like the space travel and we've been watching a lot of uh, uh, you know the apollo missions and the gemini missions and, and the mercury missions and like history of those are crazy ideas yeah. i mean like if you think about it the last time we went to the moon was in 1972 we haven't had the whatever to go to the moon. I mean, in 1972, we, the first time we went to the moon, it was in 1969 with the technology that your cell phone crushes today. That was crazy. It is totally crazy. I always tell my creatives and also listeners whenever they, they submit questions or for advice is don't be afraid of rejection. Right? Just because you you're going for something and it, the doors don't happen to align and open at that moment, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen ever again for you. And with my yeah. creatives, whenever they propose ideas and I say, not now, I cannot prove that. I, the last thing I want is for them to shut down on me and not want to propose anything else in the future. So I always leave the door open for not now, but propose it again next year. Um, and, it's, and also, it's not being I, afraid of rejection. It, but I would, uh, you know, I, I think I try to always explain the reasons of the no. No, because of I don't have the money or no, because the market is or not, because I think that the brand, mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny because, you know, I deal with some of the big, big names when it comes to shows and stuff like that. And I'm very honest. And I always tell them, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. Maybe you don't like it and maybe you want to do something else. And that's fine. But you're going to always hear the truth as I see it, as I perceive it. And sometimes I'm going to push you to a place that it might be different, but it might be cool. And, and I think that's what we were able to come up with those cool moments and cool um, uh, performances and all that, because we thought out of the box um, and we were truthful. And, 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 and I never did it because of like, I did it from a place of like creativity and I felt it was the right thing to do. I, I, I don't know if I can sleep with myself um, at night by doing something that I don't believe in. I, and, and towards the end, that was my big dilemma um, in, in the corporate world. Like I was not believing it anymore and, and I wasn't sleeping with myself anymore, you know? And, yeah. and that's, that's the conversation that is hard to have because, you know, it's very, it's very addictive. You have perks, you have, you know, expense accounts, you're making good money, you have connections. You know, one of the biggest challenges after living, leaving a, a big job is who am I? Are they going to return my call because of not having that title next to my name? And when you get those calls returned and, and, and maybe it's not with the biggest, biggest names, but maybe it is, it gives you that sort of, um, uh, a, a confirmation that, you know, you're okay and you're going to be okay. You know? 
Well, that's why I think it's important not to define yourself by where you work or what you do, but really about who you are. So you're Jose Tillan. You're Absolutely. not Jose Tillan from MTV or Jose Tillan from the Latin Grammys. I you would, know what I mean? And I would always tell people that worked with me that, um, you know, I, I would never say, oh, I'm Jose Tillan, blah, 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 blah. Jose Tillan. And sometimes the other person would eventually realize who I was. And they're like, oh, shit. I go, nothing's changed. I'm still that person. Like, you know, um, and, and it's hard. I know plenty of executives who always define themselves by that title or that company. And the time always comes when you're not going to be with that title or that company. Maybe it's bigger or maybe it's none at all. And some of them had a hard time. Yes. Hard time because that defined them. My title, the company, what I do doesn't define who I am. Stay tuned next week for part two with Jose Tillan. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.